Hey there, bud. Welcome back to our podcast, there, bud. It's, uh, today is uh, almost December. Shit, it's January 10th. It's already January, dude. It's already 2020. It's our first podcast of the of the new decade. Of the new decade, new year. We have very high ambitions. How high are they? Well, not too high. It's like maybe a little bit above the ceiling of like an old house. But well, dude, old houses are there's some low ceilings there, but yeah, that's yeah, they're not high yet. But well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we have no motivation apparently. <laughs> no. Um, oh, wow, that's a good start to the podcast. All right, first podcast decade. of the decade. We're starting it off good, man. I'm feeling great. How are you feeling? I feel good. You know, it's uh, 2020s, man. It's the Roaring Twenties. I think uh, the Roaring Twenties coming back. Prohibition's got, coming back. Yeah, Prohibition, dude. Gatsby, look him up. He's probably throwing some parties somewhere. You know, uh, you probably have to go to New York. But ah, uh, would you go to New York for a Gatsby party? Eh, I mean, if Gatsby were Leonardo DiCaprio in real life, what if he was yes. just some random dude, but he actually threw like awesome parties? I mean, I I mean, I wouldn't know the guy. I feel like he wouldn't invite me. What if you did get an invite? I'd be like, who the hell is this guy? Well, I'll say I would go. Me? You would? I would go. Why? It's a, it's a party, dude. What if, what if he, uh, you know, what if he's offering you something that you don't like? You know, he's like, hey, man, I got this really, you know, I, I want to offer you this thing, but I can only offer it to you in the bathroom. But people are like, people are thinking, you know, it's something, something that you shouldn't be doing, you know. But it turns out that it's like some fucking hors d'oeuvres that, that nobody wants to eat at the party. I would send somebody else in there. I'll see some random guy and be like, dude, Gatsby's got something for you. He's like, what? I've never met him. And he walks in there and like, eats some like expired hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Or he just gives out like Ritz crackers with summer sauce. <laughs> just some old like shit. Yeah. But it's not even like good cheese either. It's like the fucking crap singles. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> gross. That's disgusting, dude. dude. That's that's Wisconsin's favorite cheese. What Kraft singles? singles yeah. Oh, that's an insult, dude. <laughs> you can't say that to Danny. I did. You can't say that to her, dude. dude. She was so offended when uh, she found out her friend Hannah's uh, like she only really ever ate Kraft singles. That's all that person ever eats is Kraft singles. Not like the only thing, but like, but, like that's what they when like she first eat. met her, she was like, like her friend was like, yeah, I really only ever eat Kraft singles, and Danny was like heartbroken. Yeah, you're Wisconsin. Like, people eating Kraft singles, man. Dude, it's it's bad. Yeah, I mean that, they take cheese very seriously there. They do. You know what else they take seriously there? Football, specifically the Packers, which we're gonna fucking go over here in a little bit. But the first, first, boom, chemistry. What the? Whoa, <laughs> dude, we were on the same mindset there. Yeah, I think I think we've done enough of these podcasts where you just like get my segues. Yeah, I'm, I, I like the transitions. I'm getting used to them. Like and like used to them, like the timing, you know. Mm-hmm. I can tell when you're getting into it, which is good because it's smooth, smooth like a craft singles cheese. <laughs> they know they are a smooth cheese at least, like it's an actual smooth it, texture. Texture, the, 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 the texture, the texture of the, of the cheese, <laughs> the texture of the cheese. They're like so shiny, smooth. you know. You can like throw it at somebody's face and it's like smash oh yeah, on. it's like a viral video. <laughs> yeah. right now. Oh man! Anyway, we can't keep getting off track like this. True. We can't. We've got time constraints. Well, 
sort of. I mean, yeah, it's Friday yeah. night. I mean, so we just it, like to get things done, you know. We just want to get shit done because we have stuff we can do after, you know. Um. So yeah, I mean, because tomorrow's the divisional round of the playoffs yeah. for the NFL playoffs. But we want to kind of recap what happened in the wild card re- weekend. I know it's a bit, wild card. I know it's a bit late because I mean, I'll, I mean, pretty much every sports analyst ever has covered about it, yeah. about it already. So but, we're clearly so we're the last to kind of cover it. So you know, what if we were like the actually last sports podcast to cover the wild card weekend at least that covers football i think that's an accomplishment um well they say if you ain't first you're last so everyone before us is pretty much last anyway Anyway, so so who cares yeah ricky bobby (laughs) so um, So talk about setting the bar high you know what i'm saying but we i think we have some different takes on these games (sighs) let me get comfortable for this yeah Hold on, let me get a pillow here. What's what's the first one you want to talk about? First one I want to talk about, Texans versus Bills. The Texans and the Bills. When dude. I watched that game, I lost my shit. That game was crazy, dude. It was back and forth. It yeah, was. Man. It, Josh Allen looked really shaky all game long. Mm-hmm. He looked really bad um, in some spots. I mean, those last two drives from the Bills, or last couple drives of the Bills in the Fourth quarter were really rough. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, when they kept having like penalties and and the, shit. Yeah, well then, because they got they tied it though, didn't they? They somehow tied it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when they when they kicked that tying field goal, and then and then in overtime, Deshaun Watson pulled some miracle out of his ass. He was about to get sacked by two dudes. And somehow escapes the sack and throws yeah. a check down to the running back. That's just what he does, dude. Yeah, those we had two defenders. They were flying into. Yeah, they weren't even like kind of. Uh, they're kind of worried about him scrambling. No, they're flying in. They both came in and tried to crush him. Yeah, somehow bounces out of it. Fucking runs, gets the first down. I mean, what the hell? I mean, because he dumped it off. Uh, on their receivers there, but I mean that's just Deshaun Watson, dude. That's how he plays football. He, he just he makes magic happen, man. He's like he's got that backyard type of mentality that Brett Favre kind of had, and Russell Wilson. Yeah, dude. I mean, th- looking at the game though, it started off really red hot for the Bills. I mean, I was pumped on dude, their first, I wanted Bills Mafia their, to win their first drive, dude. First drive was a touchdown. Yeah. The trick play got uh, Josh Allen in the end mm-hmm. zone. From a of a receiving touchdown, that was some crazy, uh, some crazy trickery. Yeah, and the Bills' defense was stepping up for most of the game too. Eventually, I think they kind of ran out of gas a little bit towards the yeah, end. Yeah, when you're on the field for that long, they're playing tight coverage. They usually play very aggressive. Um, they play a lot of cover one, so cover one's a lot of it's like single eye safety man coverage. Man coverage. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, when you're playing man a lot, playing aggressive. A physical defense against you know pretty explosive Texan offense. At least like they didn't have Will Fuller, so they didn't have to worry about him stretching the field so much. But still, like they, they still have DeAndre back there. Uh, Tre'Davious White had his hands full with him, but he did a pretty good job defending uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but yeah, you know I, I really wanted the Bills to win, but I don't hate the Texans. I just like the Bills. Texans, I got to give it to them. They they came back. No one really. Like, is that pumped about the Texans going in, into the divisional round? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Deshaun Watson showed up. 
I mean, I, I also want to give a shout out to Devin Singletary. I had him on my fantasy team this year. Um, I mean, he played great in this game. He didn't. They didn't run the ball a lot with him, but his receiving yards. I, I, he was the highest uh, highest yarded receiver for the Bills that game. That did frustrate me a little bit about that game was when he did make big or when he did touch the ball, he made big plays yeah. happen, but they didn't give the ball to him enough. Mm-hmm. And that's what seemed to happen throughout a lot of the season. I mean, some games they would try to hammer it in there with him, but a lot of the times they weren't, they put, I don't hate on Josh Allen here, but they're putting too much pressure on him. Putting pressure on Allen rather than it's like, I know Singletary is a rookie, but he still is a very explosive player. If he's, if you're efficient at running the football, run the football. Right. But you, you don't want to be predictable about it. It doesn't mean you run, run, pass. But run the football a little bit more. Even out of shotgun, he's fine. Get, just give him touching the ball more because he's one of your best playmakers. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously it was overtime, so it was a really close game. It's not like the Bills, like, completely screwed up or anything. Um, yeah, Texans came to play, man. Yeah, but, I mean, they came back in the end. And I think, like I said, a lot of it came down to – like the Texans in halftime, I think adjusting to the offensive scheme that the Bills were cooking Bills, up in yeah. the game, and and the 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 defense of the Bills running out of gas towards the end because, like you said, with man coverage, they, they were being so aggressive the whole time. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes me think that with a team like the Bills and their defense, I feel like it's hard for them to come back if they're trailing in a game if that makes sense, because of how aggressive they play and they run out of gas so soon defensively. Well, I see what you're saying there. Um, I I think that the main thing that would depend on them running out of gas would be their offense. And that's where you get that highly team aspect of it. If their offense is not going three and out, if if they have a high time possession um, and at least like scoring points, you know, you don't have to be quite as aggressive. You can lay off a little bit. You're uh, you're uh, resting on the bench more. Right. Um, so whenever defenses are like put in those situations, <clears throat> um, I'd mainly argue that like it, it's it's up to the offensive, depending on how much gas the the defense wants to have in the tank by the end of the game. You know, like the Vikings versus Packers game, week sixteen, week fifteen. Um, you know, their, their defense was on the field for so much of that game because our offense couldn't do anything or didn't do much. Um, yeah, so they their def- our defense was on the field for so long, and then we finally started giving up big runs, and it's like, can't really blame them. Yeah. yeah they're on the field for that long, and our offense isn't doing anything. So, And it, it wasn't even like we weren't even playing that aggressive on defense either, at least for that game. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. But, yeah, the Bills, man. Um they put up a fight. They put up the fight. You know, Bills fans. Bills mafia. If there's are any of you listening, good job this year. You guys have a good future. I think I love Devin Singletary. I love the way their defense plays. Um, Scott McDermott's a good coach. I love. I love. I love how they play cover one. It's great. Yeah, and I want to reach. Out, I want to shout out to the Bills fans, the Bills mafia as well. Um, if you guys. Because typically, you know, when they win, you know, you guys, you know, jump do do your jump through a table type of thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not, I mean, they did lose, so I mean, you can also jump through a table and you know to kind of ease the pain of the loss to kind of get your mind off of the loss. Exactly, still party, still have fun. You made the playoffs. It's been a while. Still have fun. We have a lot of respect for the Bills because they're like the Vikings, four Super Bowl reaches, 
no wins. So at least at least at the beginning of the Super Bowl era, technically. Okay. But <laughs> we're both 0-4 in the Super Bowl, right? I mean we that that's a connection there. And I'm I'm <laughs> glad I hope that when one of us does reach the Super Bowl, we don't have to play each other. That doesn't sound fun for our team. That would be pretty crazy. I'm pretty sure the happened. world would just end at that point. <laughs> there would be a tie in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, they would, they would tie and just be like, ah, you both get like half and they'll like chop up the lamp, the Lombardi trophy. <laughs> Neither of you win. Sorry. <laughs> sorry there, bud. It's sorry, but yeah, So, yeah, that I think that game was uh, pretty crazy that uh, the Texans came all the way back. I mean, they were down at 1.16, nothing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And uh, so now you have Houston taking on the Kansas City Chiefs next week mm-hmm. because the winner between the Patriots and Titans was the Titans. Titans, dude. Sixth seed versus the third seed. Upset City in Foxborough. Man, that game was nuts. You know, um, my main thing I want to say about Patriots and Titans, a lot of people are talking about the Patriots' uh, future. Um, I don't think enough people are talking about the Titans' future. So for the Patriots' future, uh, or their, like how it went down this year, their main thing was they had a lot of injuries, a lot of guys leaving the team, um, you know, especially on the offensive line. But like they didn't have really any skilled position players. You know, I'm, you know, I've uh, actually tweeted out after the Vikings game that the Vikings almost put too much of a focus on skill position. At least Rick Spielman does. Because, I mean, for a long time, we ignore the offensive line, you know? So I kind of tweeted out, I was like, well, obviously you still want an emphasis on it, but you want to, you know, how about put more emphasis on the offensive line um, rather than just a huge focus on skill position? Because if, you, if you're the spine of your offense is that offensive line, if that's not stable, it's not going to work. Um, and with the Patriots, they usually have a very strong offensive line. It wasn't that great this year because of injuries, um, but they still also lacked skill positions. I mean, surprisingly enough, Mohamed Sanu, we were pumped about it, him going to the pat, the Pats, at least for fantasy football we were. <laughs> and yeah. they he didn't do shit with them. I don't know why. I don't know if there's just timing issues or what all season long. Um, I mean, Nikhil Harry, their rookie receiver, is looking, he's looking better. He Phil, was hurt for a lot of the yeah, year. Um, Philip Dorsett had like one good game. Julian Edelman had a pretty good year, but other if you know if you only have one pretty much skill position player, he led the league good. in drops. I'm pretty sure he had 13 drops. I think he Juli- had 13 Jul- drops. Yeah, Julian Edelman led the league in drops. He had a couple of key drop passes, like big moments. big drop passes yeah. in that game against Tennessee as well. So he really, I mean, he still had an okay year, but it was, yeah, for his standards, a down year. Yeah, it was just like you watch the game; like it wasn't Tom Brady's fault. He played fine. I mean, receivers, you know, if it's the new not hustling enough, people being out of position, him yelling to get people to the right uh, the right spot, uh, lining up on the play. I mean, yeah. I mean, for the future of Patriots, I don't know. You guys have Bill Belichick. I don't know why people be worried. I mean, their main is like, well, what if when when does Tom Brady retire? Because he has declined somewhat. I don't know. I still think you yeah, have one of the best coaches in the league, so I think they're fine. That kind of leads me into my hot take. Should I? Should we do our hot takes now, or should we wait? We should wait. We'll, we'll wait for the because we have let the, the suspense. Yeah, let the suspense build. We have a no. new hot take segment. Don't touch that. It's hot. 
coming at you later on in the podcast. Yeah. Well, don't worry, folks. We'll get back to it. Now, um, now, so basically in that game, though, Tennessee versus New England. Now, we got to give credit to Tennessee where it's due. Exactly. The MVP of that game was Derrick Henry. The guy had, what was it, 182 rushing yards, I think. He had a one catch for 20 yards. He had a touchdown. The guy was pummeling New England's defense. He, he, he basically single-handedly won the game for the Titans. Because Ryan Tannehill didn't do anything. He threw 76 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Man. He had a rough game. You know, it was um, – I still get a lot of respect to him because he had a great run at the end of the year. Yeah. But, like, well, he, didn't, he couldn't do shit against that defense. I mean, New England, like, people shat on their defense. Oh, you can stop Lamar. Like, no one stopped Lamar yet. So, but, like, right. they their defense still played very good. Yeah. Um, very good. Uh, the, against the Titans and the Titans because their offense was cruising, right? Um, their their offense was was fucking cruising. They're moving uh, throughout the the last half of the year, and the the Patriots for the most part stuffed them, man. Right? Yeah, I mean New England does have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Aren't they ranked? I think they were the top. Defense yeah, they, they the had league. the top uh, scoring defense in the NFL points per game. So, so, I mean, they, they were definitely one of the best defenses in the NFL all season long. Yeah. And uh, so it's no surprise to me that they were able to limit Ryan Tannehill's production. I was surprised by how how well they stopped Tannehill and the, yeah. and the fact that they still lost the game. Yeah, honestly, like when you stop, like especially in the modern NFL, you limit a quarterback to 72 yards. In the whole game, that's like a quarter of play, mm-hmm. especially in today's. Like even even when we were growing up in like the mid two thousands, you know, when like we had LT and shit. That's when like running backs were a little bit bigger back then, like not in physical size, but in like you know. But they were importance. the more focal point of the yeah. offense. And even back then, like have, um, holding a quarterback to seventy two yards, right, is insane. Yeah, it, so, that is insane. And now, especially for now, like, what the hell? And th- to lose only the quarterback to 72 yards is nuts. It's like a, that's, that's like a game of Madden. Yeah, that is. Like, Derrick Henry, 182 yards. Like, that's nuts. Like, they could not tackle Derrick Henry. And built, and that was – they had the second-best tackling team going into that game, and they cannot tackle Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, he, he, gives, he's, he gives the the Patriots nightmares – yeah, like, I'm sure Robert Kraft is. Oh, he's pissed, dude. I'm sure he's. Uh, well, yeah, he's probably pretty pissed. And Belichick, I'm sure, is crying right now. <laughs> I feel bad for Belichick. He's just like team didn't tackle. That's why we lost. So, yep. Um, I mean, honestly, though, pretty much they tackled him better. They probably how be. can you tackle him, dude? He's he's he's. Like I don't a, know. You go low. He's a 250 high. Yeah. pound. You have to have bigger guys. That's the thing. But their their defense, their, their defensive backs are great. But linebackers are not as good as their defensive backs. So. Yeah, I mean, when you lose talent at the linebacker position, <clears throat> or it's not, you know, I'm not saying they were bad, but you know, they're right. not as good as like Stefan Gilmore and such. So it's not going to be as good of a thing when you have Derrick Henry running at you, right? When if coach finally knew how to use Derrick Henry after all these years, people didn't know how to use him. So now he's finally had a great year. So shout out to Derrick Henry, good year, damn good year, and I think they've unlocked the key. To his success, oh yeah, and for I think sure. he will continue to produce. And that 
offensive line for the Titans, they held up quite well in that game against New England. Yeah. At least for, at least for the rushing offense, passing off or for the when it like, when it came to the passing game, um, you know they they looked okay, I guess. Yeah. But I mean that offensive line overall for Tennessee is. It was solid. I would, job, I, I'd say that's say they're a pretty uh, solid O line. Yeah, it, you know they're they're a good O line. Um, the receivers that's their main. We'll talk about this more when they're uh, when we talk about their their matchup against the Ravens this weekend. But you know the, their receivers aren't. I mean I love AJ Brown, but that's going to be their main weakness. Um, but you know. Hats off to the Titans, man. You know, also defensively, they played well. Their defense is like, I feel like it's very uh, kind of like, it's kind of hybrid. And it's, or it's like, I don't know. They can do a lot of different things on defense. And that's why I'm excited to see how they play against Lamar. Yeah. Because they could do some different things. They, they do have a solid defense. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy for the Titans to beat the Patriots at Foxborough. That was the first time the Patriots lost consecutive games at home at Foxborough since 06. <laughs> so pretty insane. <laughs> that is a true dynasty right there. So, yeah, that's that's what you call dynasty, man. Sometimes they they run out. You know, they might actually have to do somewhat of a rebuild. You know, and that's <laughs> if that's hard to hear for pay, Patriots fans, I don't feel bad for you cuz you have six Super Bowls. Yep. So Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure a lot of Patriots fans are not complaining. A lot of them, yeah, like a lot they of them shouldn't seem. Be. A lot of them seem to be understanding. They're like, yeah, it's about time. Yeah, you had the run, man. Like that's like insane dynasty, especially for football. Yeah, you know, it's different than baseball where there's no salary cap or anything. But for football, you had the salary cap, Super Bowl era, crazy and competitive. They do that. Like that's insane. Right. Yeah. So hats off to the Titans. Now they get to face. An even better team in Baltimore, yep. the Ravens, uh, tomorrow. And First seed. Number one seed, and they're looking pretty deadly. We'll get more into that here in a yep. little bit, too. Um, next matchup, what do we got? Well, next matchup we got here uh, looks like would be the Seahawks versus Eagles. Seattle. That was a pretty boring game. Yeah, that was like... There was like all the games leading up to that game were great and close and fun and just great football games in general. And then like you go to Seattle Seahawks, like oh another close game out in Philly, and then it like I, I had a feeling out to be a mess. I had a feeling that this game was going to be kind of sloppy because of all the injuries that the Eagles and Seahawks are and both Seattle, suffering, yeah. um, particularly the Eagles. And then once when Carson Wentz got injured and got that concussion and left the game. It was game over for Philly. Oh, yeah, right. Like, we were going to go to the wild game. That was last Sunday. We did go to the wild yeah. game. No, we did. We did. No, I was like, when we were walking in there, it was like, right when we walked in your apartment, I saw, like, the hit on Carson Wentz and him, like, walking out the locker room. I mean, to, to the locker room. I was like, what the hell happened? So, yeah, that was, I don't know, it was kind of weird to see. It was like, because we were on the way to your house when the game started. And then walking into your house and seeing Carson Wentz getting hurt, and they already had all those injuries. Yep. And then I was just kind of like, yeah, that game's over. I don't even care. Like, there's no way they're coming. It, like, no, they're not. Not even Josh McCown. Can not save even Josh McCown with the, the hamstring off his bone can save the save the Eagles. <laughs> he, he tore his hamstring off the bone in the like after the first half of the yeah, game, and he continued the whole to play. And ran around and shit. 
That's he, he, no, I don't Mc, know how he did that. McCown honestly. said that he said it felt like a dog bite. Really? But he didn't feel much more pain besides that. Hmm. So I'm wondering if there's just a lot of adrenaline going through his Could body be. during the game. Then he just didn't Focusing feel it. on other things. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he's feeling like shit now. Though. Yeah, I'm sure it hurts. That would yeah, that now it would just kill. <laughs> like like healing and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I wonder how long it takes to heal now. A, a muscle off the bone. Dude, I don't know, but he's he, he's scheduled to have surgery uh next week. Yeah. I mean like pulling the hamstring is hurts. Like tearing it off. Tearing the off bone? the bone is nuts. Like <sighs> Josh McCown, forty years old, running around. Yeah, that I don't know. That's that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, this game. First of all, before the game started, I was surprised how many people were picking the Eagles. Like, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I don't think that team was that good, especially with all those injuries. I was like, I don't, I don't see them beat Seattle even at home. I'm surprised how many people picked the Eagles. Yeah, On PFF, they had one guy pick the Seahawks. What? <laughs> what? That was all. Eagles picks, except for the one guy. And he what also the... picked the Vikings, too. So that was nice to see. That's just so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell? Like, they should not have that been that much of an underdog. Granted, they probably were projecting to have Carson Wentz playing the whole no, game. Oh, yeah. Which I think if he did play the Seahawks, I think that, that game would have been a lot more competitive. It definitely would have been more, it would have been closer. Um, like, I know, like, they didn't blow him out 17 to 9, but that's how the Seahawks play football. They always get these weird close games. Yeah, no matter who they're playing. But the game wasn't as close as was, the score. Yeah, indicated. they just. I think they just kind of slowed it down and <laughs> knew they could win without having to pull out all the stops of the playbook. And exactly, especially once yeah, once when McCown got in there, they're like, yeah, we got this. Yeah, it was so yeah. that that game overall was just a, a sloppy mess. But then and so now Seattle won. They're going to Green Bay. The reason why they're going to Green Bay instead of San Francisco is because the Vikings pulled off yet another playoff miracle against the Saints. Your Minnesota Vikings. And beat them in overtime. One against the Saints on the road in Louisiana, New Orleans. No. That was nuts. (laughs) To say that, I was so excited to see them win. Like, I mean with a weird somewhat up and down year, not as up and down as last year, but pretty up and down year, a shit performance at home against a divisional opponent. And then we rest our starters and then to go and beat new Orleans. Like the thing about the, the upset was that, you know, new Orleans could have been the first seed. They were, they were almost the first seed by inches. Seattle scores that touchdown. It's 49ers in that last second. They already barely stopped him at the goal line. The like, Saints would have had a first round Saints, bye. Saints would have been the first seed. And that's well, first round by Green Bay would have been. They would have been first seed then. Green, Green Bay. Bay. Okay. Green Bay would have been number one seed because they have a tiebreaker over New Orleans. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, I mean, they they could have they they almost had the first round by then. So I mean a lot of people predicted to go to the Super Bowl. Fox said like before, do you hear that? Like before the game started, like the Fox analysts were like, "When the the, the Saints playoff run starts now, <laughs> the fucking Vikings upset that shit, dude." Um, so yeah, I mean, I could talk about that game for a long time. <laughs> like, what were your like thoughts on it? 
Uh, that it was a wild game. This was a good game. Yeah, it was a great game, dude. I, I'm watching back and forth. I mean, the, the Vikings played uh, very close to a near-perfect game, other than the first drive ending in Thielen's fumble. Uh, after that, the Vikings played damn near-perfect. Mm-hmm. They played as well as you could ask them to play. In, in that in that environment against that team. Yeah. Like was, one of the best teams in the NFL. And like the, people thought they were the, the best. And the Saints looked sloppy because I think the Vikings executed well defensively. Mm-hmm. They had Griffin and Daniel Hunter crash inside on the interior line, yeah. which is the weaker part of the Saints offensive line, which is a very good offensive line. Very yeah, good. One of they, the best in the league. That's why they play so but, well. But, they, but the Vikings knew that their tackles were basically – big walls that they couldn't really get mm-hmm. through. So they decided to get around those walls by going inside rather than out, rather than out. And so that added more pressure on breeze and breeze. You can tell his arm strength is not nearly what it used to be yeah. either. For example, on that third down, when he threw a deep pass over the middle to, I think it was Michael. No, it was Ted Dien. It was the Ted, Ted Dien. And Anthony Harris picked it off. Picked it off. Yeah. It, I, mean, it was, I, 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 I knew that was going to be a pick the moment yeah. he threw that ball because it happened in our game when we played them here a couple years ago. Yeah, it, Bay it, holds the interception. So Drew Brees, uh, I, it, I mean, he's forty years old. His arm strength is not anywhere near it was even five years ago. So I mean, five years ago, he, I, I don't know if he would have made that throw because that was still good coverage. Yeah, that's the thing. That was. But, I don't know if they complete it. I don't know if he gets. Picked, I, I but they think don't complete that. Throw. That was just a. That was just a, a pissed off Drew Brees type of throw. Yeah, but we're gonna get more into this game here uh, when we get back from the break. So stay tuned. We love you. Hey everybody, welcome back. <laughs> Next podcast. Hey, welcome back, there, bud. <laughs> You're bud. Uh, you know, it's back to that game. Uh, so the Vikings, you know, they 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 were able to get the Drew Brees and that. Uh, you know, the arm strength of Drew Brees, he, he ain't looking so good. He's like a noodle arm now. And uh, also, you, you saw, I think a little bit had to do with the fact that he had that uh, little cast in his thumb because he had the thumb injury yeah, from earlier in the year. From earlier. So I think that that uh, was a big part in uh, in Drew Brees' thumb. You, and then uh, when Daniil Hunter punched his arm, he dropped the football. Vikings recovered the ball. That was a pretty big play. Yeah, you know, um, that was Daniel Hunter going against that uh, that tackle. That tackle was an all pro. Hunter Ram, was not Ramchick. Yeah, he was an all pro. Hunter was not an all pro, and he that all pro gave up his first sack of the season against Daniel Hunter. Man, it was nuts, dude. So, how did the Vikings? How do you think the Vikings actually? prepare so well for this game um mike zimmer um i heard they they looked at falcons tape of how they played so well against the saints when they beat them um then they also the thing is you know mike zimmer he's just a good damn coach so when he comes in there and he and he he gets more creative to really stop a certain offense and very motivated to do so, he does very well. Right. Um, the only playoff game we've gotten blown out with him is that Eagles game, and that was after that crazy high of the Minneapolis Miracle. 
So, you know, he, he prepared our players well. I think they all, the main, the big thing too, is they all believed they could beat the Saints. They all could beat them. So when he had them coming on the inside more, I think, first of all, Daniel Hunter should have been all pro. He's just amazing. Um, my biggest surprise of the defense was Andrew Sandejo playing so well. He pretty much played slot corner, which is insane to me. Because we watched him always get like burned all the time. And now he played slot corner, which is one of like the hardest like corner positions to play. And he, and he played, played and he, he shut play, him down, dude. And he played it because of all the injuries, right? Yeah, all over injuries for other corners like uh, Mackenzie Alexander, and, uh, even uh, uh, Curse, who's not a cornerback, is another safety, but he's injured as well. And, and for this game, um, you know, our, our backup corners are hurt, backup safeties. So we had to put Sadeo in there, and they, they made it work. Um, the thing uh, Chris Sims brought up was that, you know, the Saints love to attack the middle of the field. So, and a lot of our defensive backs, especially in the slot, had our guys with inside leverage. So it's it's tougher to get to that middle of the field. So they'd rather so it's, it's but they're they try to force them to throw outside the numbers more. When you throw outside the numbers, that's a harder throw. That's a longer throw. So that goes into like you're talking about for Drew Brees' arm strength. It's not there anymore. So that makes it harder on him to throw. It makes the offense uh, harder to move. Um, they're usually being pretty aggressive on the line. So they're they pretty much stuffing that run, forcing him to throw, taking away the middle of the field. Yeah. That's what Zimmer kind of came up with, if you really want to put it simply. Took away the middle of the field, stopped the run as best he can, play aggressive coverage. I mean, not too aggressive coverage. I mean, they still wanted to sit on top because like they weren't giving up explosive plays for the most part. You know, they would, they're like, whatever, we, we'll give you those little five-yard outs and catches, but we'll rally, we'll tackle. We're the best tackling team in the NFL. Um, hopefully we keep that going next week um, or tomorrow. <laughs> but um, we're, we're the first or the second. Well, one, the Patriots are the first or second. I don't, I don't know. I, I saw a stat where the Patriots were first, and I saw someone else mention that we were the first in terms of, like, missed tackles and best tackling team. So I don't know which one, but we're one of the best. But um, that's why, you know, we, we tackled well that game. We played tight coverage. We brought different looks. Um, yeah, a lot of that inside leverage taken away the middle of the field was huge, was huge for us. Um, yeah, I mean, at least defensively, that's why we played so well. And we kept, you know, we were, for the most part, able to put pressure on Breeze. Yeah, man, I mean, they stepped up. They just... That, that was the main thing is they, they executed so well. We still had a good strategy coming in this game, but they executed, like, phenomenally. So yeah. when you execute well, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, the Saints clearly didn't execute as well, and you and they clearly don't know how to manage a, a clock. I no, mean, at the, no. end, at the end of that game, the – That was weird, yeah. Yeah, the, the, like the, Sean Payton not calling his timeouts when he should have yeah, called them. He should at least went for one in the end zone or, like, a – and not necessarily throw I mean, it to the end zone because that might get picked, but you know, I mean, the, try Vi- to get the Vikings touchdown. were the Vikings were third and seventeen, I think, mm-hmm. going into that final drive for the Saints, like yeah. right before their final drive, and they had two timeouts left. Like he, he yeah, didn't, he didn't call a timeout. Like, was that before the two minute warning? That was before the two, two minute warning, okay. I think, or I think it was before the two minute warning. 
He I might think. have been waiting for the two-minute warning there just to have that and then use his timeouts. I'll have to double-check my research on that. But, yeah, if I remember right, that was before the two-minute warning. And uh, and then the – yeah, it was because the Saints, when they right when they got the ball back, it was two-minute warning. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah so that – I don't know. That's why he might have not used those timeouts then. Uh, but he, it was kind of weird with, like, the penalty they had and then – they didn't want to run that penalty play. was was strange, dude. It was like a weird false start. I think the refs called it illegal formation or illegal. Yeah, shift. it was illegal. Uh, legal. No one got set. Or not, they spiked not, the ball. Not everyone and, got set. Yeah, and because it was Kamara, Alvin Kamara on that final drive, he was just he just slipped up yeah. a little bit. That's right. He did slip on that play. Um, not like literally, but like he just. I think he had like a mind. Wasn't mind that the last one of those on that last drive? He slipped. I think he did. I think he did actually slip too. He he didn't have He's a good slipping. game. He I mean he had that touchdown, but other than that, he didn't he didn't have yeah, a very good he game. He didn't do very well. Honestly, he didn't have that great of a year. Yeah, it was kind of disappointing. Latavius Murray like had a pretty good year for himself. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the Saints. I don't think they managed the clock as well as they should have in that final drive, and then they uh, you know got it to overtime, and then the Vikings took over in overtime and. And then the one last question I wanted to ask you in overtime. Well, a couple questions. Yeah. Well, one is an observation more than a question. Okay. Um, is that Kirk Cousins throwing that ball to Adam Thielen? Mm-hmm. Troy Aikman called it the throw of Kirk Cousins' career. Okay. How do you feel? Um, I mean, I guess within the context, he could definitely argue that. I think he's had better throws, like, I don't know. I think I, I the one I think of earlier this year against the Lions, when he's rolling out to his left on the move, and he threw that great deep pass to Thielen in the end zone. The the, the catch that Thielen got hurt on actually. Um, yeah, I thought that. I mean, th- I think there are some throws that you could definitely say that's better or harder to make or whatever. But you could definitely argue that's his best throw of his career in terms of the context of the situation on the road overtime against arguably like one of the best teams in the league and to drop it on a dime like that, like that you can't really throw that much better. I mean, first of all, that's also a very hard catch to make. Like when you're running at full speed and the ball's coming more so over your head rather than like over your shoulder like that, you know, it's very hard to track that ball in the air while you're running. And, you know, I mean, for, it, it was still an amazing pass, but you know, that's a hard catch to make. It doesn't look that hard. It doesn't look flashy, but, that's a hard fucking catch to make. So you think that was a better catch than throw? No, I don't think that. I just I wanted to point out how good of a catch it was because many people didn't talk about how good the catch it was because um, they you know didn't look that flashy like some one handed catches do. But when you're a receiver, you have to track the ball like that. It's a very right. hard catch. Um, it's hard to see the ball in that yeah, angle. Yeah, it's 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 so hard. But you know, I mean, you you could definitely say that's the best throw of his career. I think it's the most clutch throw yeah, of his career. At least that. Um, but I think he's definitely had some more impressive throws. Right. Um, but that's the most clutch throw he's ever had in his life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was the biggest game of his career. I know they made it to the playoffs. Well, he, he did that with Washington once, and they lost right away. But, I mean, overtime playoffs. I mean, to be honest, that – that Washington team that he had. That was they, not a good team. That was not <laughs> like, very no. good. I mean, that was... If he did carry that team. To, pretty uh, much. Um, yeah, you know, and then obviously that 
you know, this, the, the winning touchdown with the cover zero coming, that all-out blitz, a weird snap, and then he had to get rid of it right away and still throw a perfect fade. Like, fuck, man, he, he came to play. I mean, Cousins said on that last play that he didn't feel any pressure. Like, he knew that the zero blitz was coming, yeah. so he knew exactly what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And he saw the coverage from Rudolph because P.J. Williams, the – corner on the I think he was a corner of the Saints or might be the safety. He's like six feet tall. Like he's just this tiny dude compared to Rudolph. Yeah, Rudolph. Like there, there was a mismatch and, yeah. and Cousins knew it from the from like from pre snap. Yeah. So I mean he he threw that perfect dime to Rudolph. And and then uh the last that leads me to my final question. Yeah. Was that a push off? Was that pass interference on Rudolph? What I mean it definitely looks like a push off. Um I don't think it's pass interference, given it's a playoff game, in the in the context that they set when the game was playing before that. Like there was a play actually on Rudolph where the defender was clearly on him. Guys, you could have easily called it pass interference or a defensive holding. They didn't, so that set, sets the context then for the rest of the game, right? If they called in the push off on Rudolph, then it's like, well, you know, players were getting were doing that throughout the game. First of all, like. With the push-off and stuff, everyone's more, you know, worried about it now because the pass interference replays and stuff. But so many receivers do that shit all the time. Push-offs? Push-offs. Like, Michael Thomas does that shit so much. And DeAndre Hopkins, all those guys do. I mean, because they get away with it. I mean, they they called offensive pass interference more often this year, but they, they usually always get away with that shit. Because they don't call it nearly as yeah, often as defensive. They don't, yeah, exactly. They get the offense, you know, more uh, more leeway because people want to see points. I mean, that's what the NFL wants. I mean, I never liked that how they're always able to do that shit. But you know, that was kind of the rules. And with that too, is like, well, when the defender engages in the hand fighting first and is holding on to Kyle Rudolph, he wouldn't have pushed off. So you kind of have to look at that too. Yeah, I mean, I I. I think it could have been interference on both mm-hmm. players. That's how I feel is that it was interference on mm-hmm. both players. I think I think it, it should have been uh, offset penalties. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you said, it was uh, it, it's a close call, and it's in the in in the moment. It's one of those calls that uh, that more often than not, the refs probably won't throw the flag for, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, the you know the. The, the refs in New York, the higher, you know, the higher up yeah. people for officiating, they they looked at it they said live no. and they said that there wasn't enough evidence to suggest that it was interference. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I I, I disagree okay. respectfully to that. I think there, like I said, there was interference on both players. I think uh, PJ Williams was trying to, in a sense, grab Kyle Rudolph's arm yeah. a little bit and uh, prevent him from from attempting to jump and catch yeah Yeah. and uh kyle rudolph also interfered a little bit in my opinion by pushing him Mm. away a little bit but i think i think the if pj williams had sold that a little bit more that that there would have been a flag and uh he just did a poor job of selling it he he not uh, turning his head around he not turning his head around and plus like when rudolph did shove him or push him a little bit he didn't do a LeBron James style yeah, flop. Like flop. If like he had done a LeBron James style flop, that probably would have been a, blo- a, a he flag. He might have called it. Yeah, he probably would have called it. And uh, 
and it's one of those things too. I think if the refs did throw the flag, I don't think they would have overturned that either. It was just a fifty-fifty thing. Yeah, and because they they have not overturned really any pass interference calls or no calls. Yeah, it's just they haven't been overturning it. I don't. I don't. I didn't get the point of that call. I mean, of that rule. If you're not going to overturn anything, I don't because it's so subjective. It is. It's so hard because in slow motion, so much of that hand fighting stuff looks like a pass interference both ways, right? Right. But in real time, it's like you're both moving at high speeds. And, and you know. watching the game live, I mean, granted, we were watching live uh, from an angle on screen. We're watching from an angle where you can't really see the Oh, yeah, it doesn't look like fighting. A, no. But, like, when you watch it live, like, from that angle, see you see, when you see the play, you're just like, oh, yeah, it's a touchdown, yeah. whatever. But then you see the other angles. You're, then that makes a lot of people question it. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of analysts believe, yeah, that was pass interference. Some people will say no. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I believe that it was interference on both players, and that 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 penalty should have offset. But mm-hmm. the the league didn't want to review it, and it's the way it is. I'm not mad. You know, yeah. it's just it just happened, and yeah. uh, it is what it is. You know. Yeah, so. you know the main thing when like they said, um, they're like, oh, they don't want to take time to review it, or like they didn't review it. Just remind everybody that every scoring play is reviewed, which is great. So they did review it. I'm glad they did review it. I'm glad Colorado brought that up. That every scoring play is reviewed in the NFL. They at least reviewed it, and they said that's not enough evidence. And that not gonna over to to at least overturn it, right? Right. I mean, they didn't. They they set the precedent for the game with certain plays that were called. I think that was a pretty fair. I mean, there were some. I, I, I mean, I just feel like that was a very fairly officiated game. Yeah, it really was. For I don't. Sides. I don't think it was. I think it was just fine. Like yeah. if, if there were any sort of bad calls, it, it was. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't really anything significant. Yeah, it wasn't. I like not like that shit with the Saints and Rams last year. Yeah, or blatant. Yeah, like yeah. it was just. You know, it was just. Fine. Like mm-hmm. it was just a good game, just an overall good game. That's what I like. You know, it was, it was a great play, well played game from both teams. The refs didn't get too much involved. That's why I was scared from last year when people were crying about so many flags. Understanding you know, the one with the pass interference should have been pass interference. Right? That should have been yeah, fucking that's, called. That's, Absolutely. That's, no matter what era that's in, that's a pass interference. But, um, you know, but I was afraid there was going to be a shit ton of flags now always on the field. And sometimes it was getting to that in some games, but in this game, especially when you get the playoffs, like they let them play. Um, and they, it wasn't like they let them play too much where it's like just obvious calls that aren't happening, but you know, they let them play, you know, it's football, let them play. Don't try to, I don't like when the refs try to control the game. That's what I hate, especially in the playoffs. And they didn't try to control the game, you know, with too many flags and things. So, let the players decide the game, not the refs. And that's why I'm glad no bullshit happened with that call. Right. I'm glad there I mean there's plenty of people too that like are like, yeah, man, it's that's <laughs> that's plays like that and like a fade when all that hand fighting that's happening, that's gonna happen. So that's not an I don't think that's an obvious pass interference. Yeah, I could see people arguing for the pass interference. I don't think it's obvious though. Sure. To me. But at least with, you know, when offensive players push off all the time. Right. And, and, and why, like I said, watching it like in real time, it, it, it's not obvious that it's passing. Yeah, players. exactly. In real time. You, you have to look not... at it really close to even mm. consider it. That, and, and, uh, like at the angle of the elbow, it extends all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Slow and, it down, and, measure it out. <laughs> again, to me, I, I think that there was enough, but mm. it's, but I mean, it's, 
I can see why people don't believe that there was enough evidence either. It's it's just a 50-50 call. Yeah. And Especially rest... when it's a 50-50 jump ball, too. Yeah. That's what essentially it was. Right. A jump ball. So, so yeah. So, bottom line is the Vikings ended up winning that game. And so, now they're traveling to San Francisco tomorrow. Before we get into the divisional, divisional matchups, we got to talk about our new segment that we have. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a new segment called Don't Touch That, It's Hot. Don't Touch It's Hot. Don't Touch That, It's Hot. Where we talk about... We give we each give a hot take, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll, but you know you don't want to touch the top, but we're going to touch it anyway, okay? Because we're so we we each have a hot take, and yeah. we're going to debate on that hot take. So, Vinny, I want to start with your hot take. What's your hot take of the week? So, my hot take of the week is that the Miami Dolphins do not draft a quarterback this draft. It's my hot take. Are you going to touch it or not? I'm touching it, dude. You're touching it, dude. Okay. What do you think? Here's the thing, man. Wait, wait. Are you saying if I'm touching it, that means I agree with your opinion, or that means I disagree with your opinion? If you touch it, you agree. If oh, you don't touch it. Oh, I'm not touching your opinion. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not touching. touching it, I'm not touching that hot take. Dude. You're not touching it. I'm not touching it, dude. A little, little Hell no, I'm not touching that, dude. I, Dolphins and Tua were made. Were they were like peanut butter and jelly, dude? They're they're like they're like uh uh uh, what is it? Pickles and ice cream, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little pickle action in within your uh, little Kemp's ice cream, dude. <laughs> little Kemp's, little, uh, um, yeah, you know, just uh, good old fashioned uh, grand old creamery uh, <laughs> ice cream. So, yeah, I'm not touching that take. Okay. That shit's too hot for me to handle. So, it's I a think bit burning. I, it's my hand will be scalding if I okay. touch that. So, the Dolphins, I think. We'll be drafting Tua in the first round. Tua's draft stock, here's the thing, Drew, Tua's draft stock is falling a little bit because of that hip injury, and he has a little bit of history with injuries. Yeah. And I think the Dolphins are just going to say, screw it, we're going to take him anyway, like, yeah. just to see what happens. And you just think the Dolphins have Ryan Fitzmagic on their team for another year, most likely. Josh Rosen, dude. And uh, they, <laughs> Josh. Let's go, dude. The next Ryan Fitzpatrick, dude. Dude, I don't know if Rosen's staying with the fucking Finns, dude. dude. Let's go. He's not staying with the Finns. Him dropping dimes to Devontae. He's not staying with the Finns. There's no way they're going to keep Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Tua. Dude. Iloa. The three headed monster. The. <laughs> The, the Dolphins. The, the new dynasty is about to be born in Miami. Every other drive, and it they all started. Quarterback. And it all started with on. Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. dude. Beating the Pats. They could be the new Saints. They could be. With, the, they, oh they, they could have two would be Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, Drew Brees, and then you have Teddy, and then you could have Josh Rosen be like Teddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. So I mean, that's a pretty hot take by you, but I'm gonna disagree. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think, I think the Finns are mighty confident in taking Tua. I think it's just a match too good to pass up. Too, too, too prime for them. Too good. You could say it's too a good to pass up. Too a good to pass <laughs> up for the Finns nation, dude. Finns up, Lou. Finns up, baby. Um, oh, my God. So. Uh, and what was your hot take? My hot take. Mm. Oh, this is going to be a steamer. <laughs> Tom Brady is playing next year. For the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. I think the Colts take him because, I mean, first of all, that mean, obviously that means the Patriots won't be resigning him, but the Colts Man. take him because they're probably not going to feel very confident in, I mean, they don't feel very confident in Jacoby Brissett because he struggled this year. Jacoby. 
And so the Colts have the offensive line that they need. They have enough talent on the offense to persuade Tom Brady to bring him to Indianapolis. And Indianapolis, I mean, uh, Jim Mersey, after Josh McDaniels got hired and then said, Uh see ya, and dipped (laughs) back to New England, he said the rivalry's back on. This would fucking ignite that rivalry so hard if the Colts landed Tom Brady to Indianapolis. That is my hot take. He's going to the Colts. Here's what I'm going to say to that, which I don't think he's thought about yet. That might change your opinion. That you might cool it down a little bit. Do you think Tom Brady would still go to the Colts even though they were the organization and team that brought up the bullshit deflate gate that got him suspended four games that it wasn't even proven? See, even though they won the Super Bowl that year. That wasn't on the owner, the GM, the coach. That was on the one player that picked off Tom Brady's pass. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember who that player is. I would have to look that up. It was a up. linebacker, wasn't it? Something like that. But all I remember is that player went up to the refs and were like, hey, this ball's a little deflated. It seems I thought like. Jim Mercy had something to do with uh, trying to push for it, though, didn't he? Or was it just mainly just... From what I remember, I thought I thought it was because that defensive player picked off the pass yeah. and was like, hey, refs, you should look at this ball. It's a little mm-hmm. deflated. Now I I don't I've heard you could be right I mean I I don't I guess I don't quite remember how that how that right started but um I I don't know man I, I, that doesn't really yeah. change my opinion okay I, I I feel like Brady's probably gonna look at Ursa and be like hey man water under the bridge let's fucking go to work <laughs> on the bridge dude um I'm not gonna touch it I don't think he's gonna go to the Colts I th- I don't know I don't see him going to the Colts I just don't see it. You see him going with the Chargers or, or staying with the Pats? Don't I would you? say him. I would see him stay with the Pats over going to the, going to L.A. Um, he has a home in L.A. though. Yeah, that's true. I, it really depends on what they do with the team, the Patriots. You know, who do they bring in? Who are they drafting? Because they they have somewhat of a rebuild to kind of do. Not I'm not saying they literally not dramatically, need to yeah, but like at least on offense, they have some. They more need to, to add do. more skill yeah. position players because their their offensive line will get healthy. Continue to add more skill position players. Sony Michelle was a big disappointment. I mean, what the hell? He did not play that right. good. I remember I watched him that one of that one preseason game. I was about to draft in my other league, but I did I did win the championship in this league now. But I I was I was drafting and I drafted Sony Michelle. He didn't do much, and he was supposed to be a lot better. But I still think he stays New England. Tom Brady. I think he likes New England too much. You're going the safe route, man. I am going the safe route with this one. So I'm, I'm being more of a mad lad mm-hmm. and going out and just throwing it out there, man. Because I, I just... would say that he goes to L.A. before he goes to the Colts. <sighs> I don't you see him out there in Cali, dude, back in his home state. <sighs> That's true. California, That's, that, that is true. I mean, that is tempting. But man, could you imagine if the Colts were to just be like? Hey man, hey New England, f you. We're taking your that we're taking fun, your legendary like, quarterback. I don't even hate the Patriots. That sounds fun. Like it's a new dynamic of the season. You know that would piss off every so Patriots fan. Many people that would piss off so many people. That's in the like league. some Brett Favre shit, dude. Wor- well, not worse. It, it, no, it's not worse than that. But like, 
I was about to say worse, but I don't think it's worse than that. But it's pretty bad. Yeah. If he goes to the Colts, I mean, the, I mean, they're one of the Patriots' big, biggest rivals still, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, like you said, that started the, they started the Deflate Gate, and so that kind of pissed off some fans. Mm-hmm. And um, granted, the rivalry's cooled off significantly now ever since Peyton Manning left. Yeah, they haven't had as been as competitive. The Colts have been trying to keep the yeah, the rivalry luck. alive with the Patriots. Are kind of like, yeah. eh, we're not we really rivals with anybody. Yeah. We're just gonna dominate everybody. Yeah, that's the thing. It was like pretty much like the AFC Championship. Like for so long, was pretty much like the Brady in- Invitational. Like who's gonna get to play the Patriots in the AFC right title game? So yeah, I I mean I like the take. It's possible. Yeah. I don't want to touch it though. All right. I don't want to touch it. Okay, wait, but I have one more wild card to take. It's a quick one that people are able to pronounce at the end of the 49ers Vikings game. Jakowski's Tart's name. Jakowski. You didn't even say it right there. Exactly. Jakowski Tart. <laughs> Jakowski's. Yeah, Jakowski Tart, dude. You said Jakowski's. Did I? Yeah. Well, that's like his, you know, that I was trying to do possessive. Jakowski's Tart's name. Jakowski Tart's. Tart's name, yeah. Jaquaski tart. Jaquaski tart. When you when you read it out, when you look at it, it uh, looks like Yeah, I, I thought it was Jaquiski for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's Jaquaski, and it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird <laughs> name, but I like the name Jaquaski tart. He could have a pop tart named after himself. There's your audience. the Jaquaski <laughs> tart. <laughs> <laughs> what flavor would that be? Uh. I don't know. Like, what's the what's the state fruit in California? Lemon. Give me a lemon flavor. <laughs> I don't know. What is the state fruit in there? California. It's probably an apple of some kind. State fruit. Because <laughs> Florida's got oranges. Avocado. Oh, avocado oh, pop tart. That's go. so gross. <laughs> That'd be like the healthiest one. <laughs> it's like actually got like. Avocado is the filling. (laughs) (laughs) It's got salt in there, you know, a little bit of guac action type thing. Dude, that's so gross. Dude, I would eat it, dude. I would try it. You would try an avocado pop tart? I would try a a a Jaquaski tart. tart. (laughs) That sounds great. Dude, that's terrible. (laughs) Oh, I would try it, though. Absolutely. But it's probably going to taste so gross. What if now you could dunk it in salsa? Because it's avocado. It's kind of like almost like a hybrid You dump chip. your avocados in salsa? Yeah, you get some guac, a little bit of salsa action. Oh, yeah, I suppose if it turns, yeah, if you make it guac, yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of strange, but yeah. I don't like that yeah. mix at least, you know? Yeah. Like a flavoring. I, th- <laughs> I thought you were just sort of dipping an avocado in oh, some no, salsa. I'd be like, I'd be like, uh-huh. Yeah. You definitely don't, like, I don't, like, take avocado or a guac and dip it with the salsa. But, it, like, the flavoring makes sense to me, like, when you... You eat some guac with a chip, <laughs> and then you take the next chip and dip it with salsa. And you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I dig oh this. I dig this shit, the Kwaski tart. <laughs> the Jaquaski tart. Pop-tart. You, hear, you heard it here first. Jaquaski, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, get your Pop-Tarts dude, out there, man. you better call... Who is it? Kellogg's that owns Pop Tarts? Something like that. Better call them and be like, yo, dude, get this shit going. God, we need this flavor ASAP. We want a little bit of the of the money made, but we don't need that much. Just royalties, you know, once yeah. a month. That's all we need, baby. That's all we need. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to give our predictions for the uh, divisional rounds. So stay tuned, folks. Love you.
again. Wait there, but welcome back to our podcast. We uh, in the last segment wanted to tell you that uh, we're going to predict some uh, some games here now for the divisional round. I think we said on the first segment, and then we did a lot of hot takes, and then we went back. Yeah, we we've been rambling a little too much in this podcast. But well, that's good. That's good though. I'm not mad. Yeah. Now. We got now. We got to talk about our predictions. The divisional round. This this is the the best weekend of football of the season. The best eight remaining teams fighting out to this get to the conference. This is the best weekend of football. It really is. Yeah, it really best is. weekend of football. Eight best teams. Eight remaining teams left. You know. Yeah, because when you have the four teams left, like those are probably going to be great games. But it's like it's only two games. Yeah, that's all you get. I want four games. Four bitch. games. Great teams. <clears throat> And you also get the National uh, College Football Championship on Monday. Saturday through Monday is going to be great. So, yeah. And, and to start it off, I, w- I want to predict – first, I want to predict the Vikings-Niners game. You want to go do that first? I want to predict that Niners-Vikings game. And then come back around to it? Because I, mean, I thought you had a lot to talk about with it. Well, you know what? I think you're right. I think uh, we should save that for last. We should probably do that, yeah. Just to, you know. I think we should save that for last. Yeah, we'll do that last. Now, fine. We'll, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the AFC, though. We'll go with the Texans versus the Kansas City Chiefs. So, in this game, it's it's it, it seems like on paper it's a pretty evenly matched game, especially because J.J. Watt's back for Houston. And uh, Deshaun Watson is playing very well, you know, lately, and – but Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, the Chiefs' pass defense is really stepping up over the past several weeks. I mean, they're I think since gosh, I can't remember what I think over the past like half of the last half of the season, they were ranked in the top ten for pass defense. Yeah. So the Kansas City Chiefs' defense is really starting to step up. So and this game's at Arrowhead. I'm feeling that. This game between Kansas City and Houston, it's going to be closer than people think, obviously because of Deshaun Watson's prowess. But I think the final score, to me, is going to be Kansas City 28, Houston 23. 28-23? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you said Kansas City? I'm picking Kansas City over All right. Houston. Yeah, I mean – I'd pick Kansas City, too. Um, I just think that Chiefs defense is stepping up so much. I honestly think they have the best chance of stopping Lamar Jackson than anybody in the league. That's a hot take. Um, But, yeah, I just – I see the Chiefs winning this. I think, uh, you know, the Texans, they did beat the Bills. They played solidly against the Bills, especially if they don't have Will Fuller back against the Chiefs, who, you know, when they have Fuller, he, he's such an addition to the offense. Even if he's not producing that much statistically, he's able to stretch the defense, both you know, especially vertically with that speed. Yeah, with that crazy speed that you can't just let him run off. You know, so they have to you know if they're bracketing, if they pl- if they're playing off more, if they have another deep safety back there, if they can't play single high because of that, um, you know, it makes it makes things difficult um, for 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 the defense, even if he doesn't do much. So. I'm so. I just think the Chiefs are a better team. 
I you know the, the Texans uh, run game is not very good. They rely on Deshaun Watson and his crazy shit that he has to pull off. I can't I think believe they think Car- much. I can't believe they think Carlos Hyde is like a franchise running back. Yeah, I'd, I don't get it, dude. I, I, had, I had a lot of hype for him when he was with San Francisco, yeah. but but he over the years has proven time and again that he is not a reliable, a consistently reliable running back. Yeah, I mean you're right. I, like I just he hasn't done that good this year. I don't know. They don't have the best offensive line. It's not bad. They I mean, definitely aren't good in the passing. Yeah, protection. pass protection. They're shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's why um, Deshaun Watson has he struggles so much to just be able to sit back there and, and pass. He's but, gonna get killed back there. Yeah, like that's they 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 need to update the offensive line just like they needed to for Andrew Luck because Andrew Luck that's why he's retiring because his injuries. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going with the Chiefs. Uh, I I first of all I think they're a better overall team. I think um, with you know their offense isn't as good as last year, and that's expected when you go when you're that good the year prior. Um, uh, yeah, no one's able to keep that up without regressing. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, when their defense is playing at this high of a level, they're going to be a hard team to beat. And that's why if if both them and the Ravens do win, I don't know who's going to win that game. Um, but for now. I'm picking the Chiefs. I think their defense comes out, plays them tough, plays them fast, plays them hard. I think the Texans are too reliant on crazy big plays from Deshaun Watson. Um, if they can't get the running game going, which they usually don't, I think they're just it's gonna be Deshaun Watson running around for his life again. Um I'm I'm gonna say it's gonna be twenty thirty with Chiefs being on top. Thirty twenty? Yeah. It's a good score. I, you know, I'd say it's pretty fair. Okay. I don't know um, why I said the lower score first, but I mean, you know, everyone has their own taste, you know, their own <laughs> twists on things. Little, and little M. Night Shyamalan twist. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. So, uh, okay, that was you know, it's a good take. It's good. It's a, a you know, I'm glad we're both in agreement on that game. Mm-hmm. Kind of just being, you know, it, it, you know, it is what it is with Houston. I do think Kansas City is just the better team. But yeah, so moving on, we got uh, Titans and Ravens. That game's going to be tomorrow. Uh, you have Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Is Ingram hurt? I can't remember. I thought he was hurt. Maybe he's healthy now. I think he's healthy. Um, yeah, you have Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram, and that terrifying Ravens rushing attack against Tennessee's pretty good defense. Don't forget Justice Hill, dude. The Justice, backup running back. Dude. Justice Hill. <laughs> I held on him almost all year, and I said, God damn it, Mark Ingram won't get hurt, so I can't play Justice Hill. <laughs> Well, I thought like they'd play him more too. I, I don't. I don't want players to get hurt in fast football. That's stupid. But I like. I wanted. I thought they're going to play him more, and they didn't. Yeah, they, you want to give him more of a chance. Yeah. I get it. Um, Sorry. So, so you got that. Uh, you know, the Ravens, and then uh, versus the Titans, who have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, who's been let's a, go, who's been a pleasant surprise. Could be a sleeper pick to be comeback player of the year potentially. I like that. Although, I honestly like that. Oh, I mean, he was a starter last year. So I don't know if he really comeback player of the year. Well, comeback in terms of like having a bad year the year prior. Yeah, because <laughs> like I yeah, I suppose he hasn't but, been given a chance really throughout his career. He hasn't been that good good of coaching. They've done a great job in Tennessee with that, right? So yeah, I mean, and we got the Ryan Tannehill and uh, Derrick Henry and those bad boys and the Titans. No. But I just feel like the, the Ravens have too much talent, and they, I think they have really good coaching. 
that that offensive scheme that they have is a mirror image to the 2012 49ers when Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback there. Mm-hmm. And I just see the Ravens winning this game by a final score. And this is kind of a generous score for me personally. Okay. I think the final score is going to be 31, 21. 31. Okay. 10 point game. Yeah. Um, two sim- sim- Simply because the Ravens defense is good, but I do think Derrick Henry is going to put up a couple of touchdowns, and yeah. I think Derrick Henry is still going to have a good game. I just feel like the Ravens' offense is going to be too much for that Tennessee defense. Yeah, you know, the tough thing about playing the Ravens, you know, they got a great offense in general. Um, but the tough thing about playing against them, dude, is like, you know, usually with all these great offenses in, in modern football, it's a lot of passing. So usually they don't, they don't have that much time possession when they do score. The Ravens, like, they run the football well. That's, like, one of the best things they're at. I mean, they pass very efficiently, too, because they run the football so well. So when you're running the football well and that's eating clock up, that's, you know, slowing down that defense, that's keeping the other offense off the field. That time of possession is huge when you're playing a good offensive team, and that's what's tough for the Titans where it's like, well, you want to run Henry a lot, wear down their defense keep the, the Ravens offense off the field, Lamar Jackson. But, you know, if you, uh, you know, if, if you can't, you know, w- when they're the ones that run the ball well too, it's hard to do that. So it's not as simple as, oh, make sure keep that, keep that off of the field, keep running. Well, they're going to keep running too. Um, but I, you know, I agree. I, I think the Ravens are going to win. It's not to many people's surprise, but, you know, that we're both saying Ravens. Um, nothing against the Titans at all. I think they're a good football team. They've made it far. They beat the the Patriots at home, or the on the road uh, at Foxborough, which is a huge feat in the playoffs. Regardless of if the Patriots weren't as good this year as they usually are, um, but yeah, I mean, I you know Ryan Tannehill had just a little over seventy passing yards, like we said earlier. Against the, I mean, a great Patriots defense, but the Ravens also have a great defense. Um, not quite as good, but still great. If he can't pass either, because he's going to have to come back from behind in this game. He's just going to have to. If they can't pass efficiently or well in obvious passing situations, they're not going to win the ball, the ball game. They're not going to get close. Yeah. So, what what do you think would be a key to the Titans winning this game against the against Baltimore? What makes you what makes you believe they even have a uh, a shot at winning? A main shot for them to win would be slowing down Lamar Jackson running the football. And like now, I say slow down. I don't say stop him. I don't see anybody this year actually stopping. You can't Lamar really Jackson. stop. Can't. Him. He's just he's too good of an athlete. It's not necessarily the scheme. He's just I mean obviously the scheme's good for him, but he's just so he's probably the best athlete on the field when he's out there. That's like it's hard to hit him every play. Um, but the one thing I would say is that their defense, um, there's different type of blitzes and, and creeper blitzes you can do to help stop Lamar. Um, um, ESPN matchup went over this with their defense where, you know, they, they have some, you know, they do have a great personnel that they could, that they could use and bring to slow down that run game and really force Lamar Jackson to pass. If they truly just, I mean, he's a good passer, but if they, if they force them to pretty much like, Lamar, like you got to, if you really want to move the ball, you have to pass on us. That gives him a chance. But then again, like 
that's partly why like they have a lot of explosive pass plays because if you're just focused on stopping the run, Lamar Jackson's still a great quarterback. He still throw the ball, especially if guys are wide open. But if I would give him a chance, Derrick Henry has a huge game. Tannehill um, plays doesn't have to play amazing, but like plays you know good enough in the passing game while the defense slows down. Lamar Jackson running the football, you know, like I would look at what the Browns did those first two games, the, the two games they played the Ravens. Um, Cause in that for, for most of the first half, they were stuffing Lamar Jackson or like they were slowing down that offense, at least in the second game. And then they kind of, you know, they just started to get smoked by it. But even in the third game, first game when the Browns played the Ravens, I would look at that tape because they beat them. The Browns beat the Ravens. That's weird. <laughs> like yeah. this year's Browns, you know, with you know, I um I don't think the Browns are a terrible team, but they obviously weren't that good. They weren't disciplined. Yeah, they weren't disciplined enough. They're messy. They didn't have the right offense in place. But um yeah, you know, they <clears throat> the Browns, yeah, I would look at their tape. Like the Vikings looked at the tape of the Falcons of how to slow down the Saints offense. Yeah. So look at what the Browns did. Um, I don't see him winning. It's not definitely not impossible. Definitely not impossible. But like it's it's football, dude. Like crazy, crazier shit has happened. Sure, this would not be the biggest upset in playoff history. So. No. Um, my score. So that's their main keys: run efficiently, not just run a lot, but run efficiently, and stopping the run on defense, and slowing down that run on defense, especially when they hand it off to Ingram too, because they do a lot of that. If you stop RPOs. that, that's huge. That's huge. So I do give them a chance to win, but I'm going to say the Ravens win 34 to 21. Damn. Like they beat them pretty good. It's kind of boring that we're both in the same I know, right? We're usually, we're usually kind of. You know, we, we, we try and have some sort of arguments or some yeah. sort of. Some I feel sort like of, the NFC is uh, going to be different here. Yeah, this could be. Yeah, this one. Like this, this one's more. Gets, these games yeah. are a bit closer, in my opinion. So, starting with the Seahawks versus Packers at Lambeau Field. Yeah, I'm taking Green Bay all the way in this game. Okay. This this one I think is going to be. Some analysts think that oh, Aaron Rodgers needs to step up in the playoffs. He isn't. I don't think he needs to do shit. I don't think they need to change much in their in their uh, in their um, in what game they've been plan, doing yeah. in their game plan. I think as long as you keep handing the ball off to Aaron Jones and mm-hmm. just keep doing your quick passes and because uh, as long as, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a smart quarterback and they're playing in Lambeau field. Uh, Russell Wilson's never won at Lambeau field. And um, I just, I see green Bay winning this game final score for me personally. I see this game getting a little ugly. Like um, a blowout. Not a blowout, but I I definitely think it'll start close, and then um, I think in the second half Green Bay is going to run away with it. I think the final score for this one for me personally is going to be thirty three Green Bay, seventeen Seattle. I okay. just I just feel as though Seattle's too banged up. I think Green Bay as they just they just are a very well disciplined team, and I I think as long as I, I think that they can keep that running game going with Aaron Jones. Um, and that's going to be the key to them winning this game is Aaron Jones running the ball efficiently. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, if he doesn't step up running wise, you still have Aaron Rodgers who can mm-hmm. who can still put up some 
put up some great plays, and I just I just see Green Bay running away with this game at Lambeau Field. Final okay. score, like I said, for me is going to be thirty three seventeen. Um, no, I'm glad we disagreed on this. I think Seahawks are going to win, not just because I don't like the Packers. Like I know when they're you know. I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't like the Packers, so I think they're going to lose. <laughs> I honestly think Seahawks are going to win. Um, I think now they are banged up. Been some good points with Aaron Jones. The Packers are definitely a good team this year. I'm not taking away anything from that. But the thing I'm seeing with this matchup is that you have, first of all, you have DK Metcalf, who on those deep routes, I see the Packers struggling with them. On those sure. deep on those deep balls, the Packers have struggled. Um, so I see DK Metcalf having a pretty big day. Not as big of a day as he had against the Eagles, which their secondary needs help <laughs> in Philly. Like, honestly. But, like, um, you know, it's, it's a tough game for me to pick. Because, like, I see being really close. I, I always see the Seahawks, like, getting real close with teams, especially in the playoffs. Um uh, you know, I I see them selling out to stop Aaron Jones and actually force him to pass, which sounds weird. But when you have that cover three, the extra safety up, if they do sell a little bit more to stop that run and force Aaron Rodgers to pass, that's going to be very interesting. Because if you're just looking at statistically, he's been average this year, um, which is not played bad. I'm just saying he's been average, statistically speaking. Um but I don't know. I this one's honestly was one of the harder ones for me to call. I mean, Seattle and Packers, whenever they play, it's always so close. It's always this crazy shit going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh. I mean, they're fun to watch from like an outsider's perspective. If I was a fan of one of those two teams, I'd be like, oh my god, I don't want to play this team. There's some weird stuff to happen. Yeah. But like, part of me definitely wants to say Packers. I'm still going Seahawks. Um, I think Russell Wilson has a great game. Um, I think they're going to go deep on him. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to have have at least one touchdown and a decent amount of yardage. Um, but if they do force Aaron Rodgers to pass, certain situation will be interesting because he hasn't played that good this year. No, I, and I'm not saying Rodgers – I don't think Rodgers is the same player he once was, but he's yeah. still very good. Obviously, yeah, he's, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. He's not the best yeah. anymore. Um, a lot of those old guard quarterbacks are kind of slipping up, right? Yeah, he's, he's not the best anymore, but he's still very good, very, mm-hmm. very good, very dangerous with the football. The, um, the way I see it, another thing too is Russell Wilson. I think he got sacked the most in the league this year by far. Yeah. That offensive line is very bad <laughs> when yeah. it comes to pass protection. Um, so Z- Zadarius Smith, I feel like, is going to have a field day with that, just like he right. did against Minnesota Week 16. Mm-hmm. I think I can I can see him getting three sacks in this game, mm-hmm. maybe a forced fumble off off of Russell Wilson or Marshawn Lynch or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just see Zadarius Smith again being the MVP of this game, or or Aaron Jones. Okay. Um, and that Packers defensive line is just scary good. I mean, they have yeah. Kenny Clark's in there too. I mean, he's he's stepped up a lot this year. Um, their their secondary, I think, is going to be their. Um, I think they're going to be their weakness potentially mm-hmm. in this game, like you were saying. Uh, like you said, like you know, over the top plays. 
they're not quite as good at covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if Russell Wilson has enough time to where he can throw the ball deep like that, that I could see your point yeah. in this in Seattle winning this game. By the way, what did you say the final score is going to be for that for this game? I didn't guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, I think again, thirty-three seventeen is my score because Russell Wilson, I think, is going to keep getting pressured the whole game, mm-hmm. and uh, and the offensive line won't be able to help much. I think the Seattle's going to have to resort to some quick dink and dunk passes to be able to get the ball out in time, and the running game for Green Bay, I think, is going to suffocate that Seattle defense in Lambeau Field. So, I just and then if if it doesn't uh, do well, the running game, I just see Rodgers somehow pulling some shit out of his ass mm-hmm. like he like he does time and time and time again yeah. so i just i i just i don't see a way in which seattle wins this game i would be very surprised if they won and and uh and uh i'll eat crow if they do if they do somehow pull the upset in green bay that's what happened man like football's weird <laughs> yeah um, any, any given sunday yeah any given sunday like everyone has to everyone's wrong at some point with predicting the shit but um, which I could easily be wrong about this game, but you know, with with the with the sack stat, which you know they're they're they do need a better offensive line. Part of that I think is definitely Russell Wilson trying to make something out of nothing too much. Um, which is you know for better or for worse. Um, but you know I see I don't know I I see Russell Wilson making big plays. Him and DK Metcalf. My main concern. Sounded southern there. My main concern for them is if they can run the ball effectively against the Packers because they did not run the ball effectively against the Eagles. It was not very efficient in the run game. They have to run the ball a little bit more efficiently, um, go deep on the Packers. I would start the game keeping them honest. You know, if they're going to give you those those six, eight-yard passes, take them. But, um, yeah, um, I can see why you say the Packers win, though. Completely, completely see it. I'm going to say the Seahawks win 20-17. to 17. Lower wow. scoring affair. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, so that's, that's a, some January football at Lambeau, dude. That's true. It's gonna, I can see it being low scoring because of the weather. Um, it's supposed to snow, apparently, on Sunday. That would be fun. I love snowing games. That's what I don't like about like the roof in US Bank. It's like I kinda wish we did an outdoor stadium. Right? Like, Those couple of years at TCF Bank TCF Stadium were pretty cool. Awesome. And then Blair Walsh had to miss a field goal. Yeah. You know, at the, you know, that was a, that was crazy. That was a crazy game. Uh but yeah, I I I'm glad we finally disagreed on a game. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm glad we did. And uh we'll see we'll see we'll see who Who's who's right and who's wrong yeah. in this game, and uh, who knows? Maybe we're both wrong. What if we're both be wrong? They could tie. They- <laughs> I mean, like Roger Goodell could go out there and be like, you know what? I win. He's, he, <laughs> he's like, this game's canceled. Sorry, yeah, guys. Like, sorry, neither of you are winning. This we're game. gonna pick the, some random team to win. Uh, we're gonna pick. They're not even in the conference, but the Dolphins. Fins <laughs> <laughs> up, Luke. <laughs> the NFC Championship. Fins up. <laughs> okay, so yeah, good takes. I think there. Um, so, I predict the Packers are going to be in the NFC Championship game. You think Seattle is? No. Seahawks. I think no matter which team um, 
is in the NFC Championship game, they're going to have to play on the road because I think San, to, because I think fan. San Francisco is going to win this game against Minnesota, mm-hmm. but it's going to be close. Okay. It's gonna it's gonna be very close. Like mm-hmm. this this is gonna be another one of those last second victories like, with the 49ers. Crazy shit. Yeah, it's gonna be a crazy good game. I because I I guess because I, I, I think the Vikings are gonna be very well prepared for this game against San Francisco, mm-hmm. like in New Orleans. Just like in New Orleans, I think they're gonna be very well prepared. But San Francisco will be as well. I can definitely see. Yeah, they have the bye week. They had the bye week. Their teams, and you got D Ford coming back. You have Quan Alexander coming back. Granted, I've heard Quan Alexander. Quan Alexander, I think he's still a little hurt, but But he's he's still coming back. He's from a torn pack, but he is coming back. I think in limited form. Okay, Um, Jaquaski Tart. (laughs) Let's go, dude. He's 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 coming back too. Like I said, this game is going to be. Uh, this is this, I, I I've been trying to decide back and forth like who's yeah, gonna, who's going to win. I have no idea because like the 49ers, yes, they are thirteen and three. Yes, they're the number one seed, but this Vikings team is one of the best six seeds I've seen in a while. Yeah. That uh, that that might not make it to the Super Bowl. I mean this this team. Oh, this is a good, this is a close game. Like this is my, I have just been, favorite match of the week. This is good. Even if I'm not like being a Vikings fan, this is this a is, good match. Oh, this is a good game yeah. and. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I think him getting the monkey off his back in, in New Orleans, I think yeah. that boosted his confidence He's tenfold. Ready to go. <laughs> I think he, I think he's ready to go now. Yeah. I mean, I think Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins both had yeah, that's gonna be fun, freaking good yeah. games. Um, but I do see both the defenses stepping up too. Mm. The, it's just it's just, the, and the thing is, both these teams operate similarly too. They're kind of like cousin offenses. They're they're both offenses that rely on play action. They both yeah. they both are run heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, defenses are a little bit different. Oh yeah, but the offenses are very similar. Yeah. So, but and then another thing too with the 49ers is that their offensive line is slightly better. Um, their running game is isn't necessarily focused specifically on one running back like the Vikings is with Dalvin Cook. Although they do have Alexander Mad- Madison who's very good as well. Yeah, they they throw him in there sometimes. They throw him in there sometimes too, but with the 49ers they have a three-headed dragon with yeah. Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert who became their starting running back and he picks up yards. Yeah, I think he's their best one. He's their best running yeah. back. And then the and then the 49ers are very good with yards after catch. They yeah, they're very good with team. they're they're a yak team for sure, <laughs> but but they are not afraid to go deep either. Yeah, they're they're just the like Shanahan's offense is very complicated, and, and uh, everyone says it takes two years to learn at least. And I feel like the 49ers finally have that offense down. So the Vikings defense, I think, is going to have a tough time against this offense. But I think they'll they'll do their absolute best to stop yeah. them. And so with the with the Vikings, um, they're they're going to they're going to do very. They're gonna. I think Cousins is gonna have very similar results to Jimmy G. I can see both of them throwing three touchdowns, well, maybe. Um, but I think the final score of this game, it's gonna come down to a last-second field goal by Robbie Gould. I think Robbie Gould and the <laughs> and the Forty ers win this game. Forty ers win this game, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Okay, I like that score. I like that score. Um, yeah, well, my prediction. I want to say the Niners, but I'm not. I can't go against the Vikings right now. I'm going Vikes, going with my team. 
and and I'm not and I'm not like I don't because uh, I know Luke's gonna be like oh you you're just a piece of shit and you like how could you even like <laughs> I thought you were from Minnesota what are you even doing <laughs> it's like no fuck you fucking no Luke let me tell you something right now I'm trying to be an analyst here <laughs> even though I don't really have a huge background in football okay let me tell you I mean I played a lot of Madden that's my you played a lot of Madden played a lot of Madden. <laughs> <laughs> That counts. I've been paying attention a lot to this 49ers team this year, yep. especially. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm all in with this team. This team, I could – this team's deadly. Yeah. So, and I think you'll see why tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, I I like this Niners team. If the Vikings don't win, I want them to win the championship. Obviously, over the Packers or the Seahawks. By far, I want them to win more than those two. And honestly, I'd want them to win probably even more than the AFC matchups. I mean, I wouldn't care. Like, honestly, anyone in the AFC, I don't mind losing. I mean, winning. I don't mind any of those teams. Um, but with the this game, the the Vikings and Niners, man, I think, um, like I see, like you said, it's gonna be crazy close. Um, I have a weird feeling that one team's is gonna come out hot a little bit more. I don't know who it's going to be, but one's going to have to come back a little bit. And it's going to, um, so it's going to be like, oh, look at this team's already pulling away. And then the other team's coming up, coming back, gets their hits their stride a little bit more. I don't know who that's going to be. I have a weird feeling about that. Um, that's not that good of analysis of just pure emotion there. But um, I kind of want to wait till that, that runs down, till I do the full analysis. I mean, I think we should just take a break right now, yeah, and then we get back to it. We'll be right back with you lovely people. Stay tuned. Vinny is going to give his analysis, and it's it going to be a good time. <laughs> All right, there, bud. Uh, welcome back uh, to the last little bit of here of our podcast. Yep, we're back here. We, we wanted to... Uh, podcast here, but yeah, we wanted to keep going here, because yeah. uh, you wanted to talk a little bit more about that the preview. matchup, you know, this is the match of the week for us. We're big, we're big Vikings fans. I know you like Jimmy G and the Niners a lot. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm mainly, I do like Jimmy G, but I, I do love George Kittle. He's terrifying. He's, but he was on all my fancy teams this year. No, he wasn't. But two out of the three, he should have been. He should have been. I draft. I got Travis Kelsey in the other one instead, though. I, I mean, it's a good alternative. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so back to the Niners-Vikings matchup. I wanted to dive a little bit more specific and deeper of why I think the Vikings have a chance to win um, rather than just me because I'm a Vikings fan. Um, so one of them is our inside run versus the Niners uh, run game on the inside. We used a lot of outside zone. That's the Saints, you know. And then... Because um, they they have a slow slower defense, their linebackers, their defensive lines not as quick, it's not as fast. They're a little bit slower and bigger, so we ran outside for the most part effectively. They did, we didn't get a hundred rushing yards from Cook, but overall, um, we did get over a hundred rushing yards with Madison running too. But so we had, uh, but this game was where you wanted to do more inside zone because the F- Niners have like a crazy fast defense. You try to run outside. You try to get the edge and try to cover field. It's going to be hard because Niners defense flying around. So I think we're going to have success with the inside zone running game. And especially with like CJ Hammond there blocking up front. He had a great, he didn't get much recognition with against the Saints. He played great. 
um, against them. So I think he has more has, has more success too in this one. Um, also, I think Irv Smith's going to be more of a factor this game. Um, I, I like him coming out from the backfield on different play actions or misdirections going across um, or little like tight end screens like the, not necessarily the screen, but um, off of play action or bootleg that the Rams used a lot with Tyler Higby. who had a big game against the Niners. I see your Smith or Kyle Rudolph doing well in that regard. Now also a couple big ones I want to talk about was the red zone defense and the tight end success. Now with the red zone defense, the Vikings are the second in the league. And with the 49er offense, they're 21st in red zone offense. Overall, their offense is really good. But just in the red zone, apparently they struggle more with that. This was the first time I heard about that. I was like, oh, never saw that coming, especially when you have George Kittle and Rohim Moser running in the back, you know, or running from the backfield. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, that doesn't mean it's automatically going to play out like that. That's in the playoffs. Like, just because it's on paper like that doesn't mean, like, oh, we're going to stop him in the red zone. Um, but I feel like that would be where you could look at that and be like, that's a big, that's a key thing. The Vikings have to keep doing well in this game because they're, the Niners will get to the red zone and, you know, off of if there's the drive turnover, whatever's going on, they will get to the red zone, you know, at times throughout the game, obviously, but that's a big thing. If, if, if we stop them, instead of scoring a touchdown, they score a field goal. That's huge. That's why we beat the Saints off a fumble from Thielen. We stopped them in the red zone, forced a field goal. If they get a touchdown there, we don't win the game. Um, but yeah, so that's what I was looking at with that, with those stats. So if they can keep that up, not sure exactly how they have to pretty much stay at home. There's, you know, I mean, the main thing with the red zone defense, it's you know, there's less space to cover. So usually it's a little bit, everything just gets tighter in there. Um, you know, with with our defense, we tend to be a little bit more aggressive in the red zone. I feel like, and um, yeah, so if they can keep up their red zone defense, and the Niners continue to not uh, do as great in the red zone, that's a big factor for the Vikings going in this game. Um, our success for we have the best defense against tight ends, and now that's where I love this matchup because it's the best defense against tight ends against the best tight end in the league. Yeah, um, so. I'm excited to watch that. I still think Kittle's going to have success against us. Um, I don't know how much that will be. If we're able to really slow him down, that's going to be huge. But, you know, sometimes it's just it's George Kittle. The one thing is, like, the one thing is with this is, like, you know, it's like a Bill Belichick thing. What do you take away from the Niners? This type of offense, like, well, they run the ball well. And also, yeah, they have George Kittle. And they have, they have like, you know, a good – passing attack too so you can't just you know you can't take all of it away so i don't think we're gonna actually put too much focus on like stopping george kittle i think we're gonna rely on eric kendricks who's one of the best uh pass defending linebackers i still think he's gonna get beat at times this game because george kills george kill <laughs> and just misdirection too um yeah i don't know i, I uh that, that's gonna be a fun fun matchup to watch yeah um win this game to see if, if we leave kill open wide open at times or if he is covered well or whatever, it's going to be interesting. I think the, I, I, I've read up on that too. Yeah. What I've come to learn is that the Vikings, um, 
their their cornerbacks are their weakest point right now, which it's not yeah. even like it's not even like they're bad corners, yeah. like they're bad players. It's just that is their weakest part of their defense. Mm, exactly. And so the 49ers what Kyle Shanahan's very very good at, and I'm not uh, yeah, what, what he's very good at yeah. is that he is very good at exposing weaknesses and just shoving that weakness down your throat. Yeah. And so what I've read online and like studied a little bit before this podcast is that Anthony Barr in particular is not very good in pass coverage. Mm-hmm. So the over the, like passing plays over the middle are going to be key for the 49ers yeah. from what I've, from what I've, from what I've come to understand. Um, and the Vikings may be good again, like uh, covering Kittle, but you have Emmanuel Sanders, who's, one of the like a very very good route runner, mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, who's a, who's an aggressive football player. Yeah. These guys can run routes well, and if you and Jimmy G, if he keeps if he's throwing slants over the middle, then the yak develops, mm-hmm. and the and then that's just a, that that could be a mismatch for the for the Vikings defense. Yeah, the thing that was if I was Mike Zimmerman's situation, I played somewhat similar to how we played with the Saints, is you know playing that leverage inside leverage, forcing throws outside. Um, making sure you can't get those easy routes over the middle of the field. Because um, if you, you know, middle of the field, a lot of teams try to protect the middle of the field. That's why a lot of teams like to play single high safety now, right? So safety in the middle of the field, more guys up front. You know, you don't want to get burned in the middle of the field a lot. But, um, you know, with, with Anthony Barr, they'll probably do something similar to try to get him mismatched like Sean McVay did against us last year when he was on like a running back all the time or some shit or even a receiver. So um, we'll see if Zimmer has an answer to that. There are going to be plays where they're going to be Vikings have fans have to understand the Niners are going to have some big plays. It's going to happen. Mike Shanahan's going to see something. Kyle um, Shanahan. Sorry. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Not his dad. His dad comes in there. He's like, you know what, Kyle? He's I'm like, I'm gonna, taking over. Yeah, I'm taking the taking over this shit. Um, You're grounded. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Treating Jimmy G for Kirk Cousins right now. He did draft Kirk Cousins. That's why I brought that he up. Did. He did. But um, just in case listeners didn't know about Mike Shannon, with having a loving for Kirk Cousins, I guess. Um, but yeah, so you know, with their with their defense, you um, what they also have to do defensively is honestly. I think Zimmer's going to do something similar, not not the same, but similar to what they did against the Cowboys and where they're going to try to really stop that run. I really think they're going to force the pass in this one. Yeah. He, he does not like to get run on. I think no. he's going to be like, pass. Like, And that's not to say, like, oh, that's because Jimmy G can't throw football. No, it's just he doesn't like when teams run on him well. you know. So he's like, fuck it. I mean, I guess against the Packers, we – we did seem to play a little bit back because Aaron Rodgers not have, did not have a good day against us uh, the first or the second game. Um, Aaron Jones did, but Rodgers really didn't. The pick and I think under 200 yards. So I think we've actually played a little bit further back that game. But I think we're going to see some different things from Zimmer. He's going to mix up coverages. Um, then is. Um, if they're able to consistently, not crazy consistently, but get solid pressure on Jimmy G, his stats do go down pretty bit when he's pressured. Now, every quarterback gets worse under pressure, but his rankings definitely go down by a solid amount. 
Um, so if they're able to pressure him, they and they they can't though. You can't just send blitzes all game because they're going to read that. They're going to do screens if we're too aggressive, right? Shanahan's has so many screens, quick developing plays. And that's where they get a lot of their yardage too. Or if you're too aggressive and blitzing all the time and, and playing too much man or whatever, that's where you're going to get burned. So that's what Zimmer's going to be trying to be looking at here. How how aggressive do we want to be? How how much do we want to really sell out to stop the run? Um, and yeah, because if like I said too aggressive, it's gonna it's gonna create big plays for the Niners. But it might be a better overall approach, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, so with – let's see. I had something else to talk about, too. The, what I would use, too, for at least offensively against the Niners' defense, which is great in their own right, especially at least pass defensively they are. Run games is pretty much average. Run defenses. But their pass defenses uh, are the best in the league. Um what I would use is a lot of like what the Rams use for success. A lot of deep crossers. And that's when you're using a lot of that cover three match, you know, like that's it's susceptible to that. Cause then you get in a man coverage across the field like that. No help over there. That's that usually can be open. Um, boot, you know, bootlegs, rollouts, play action, um, getting cousins out of the pocket against somebody like Nick Bosa. Um, that's, I would really use, what the the Rams um, had great success with against the Niners um, in their game against them. That was a great game too to watch. Um, yeah, also like because they they were thrown up the middle, but I, was, I could see them thrown to the outside, especially out that bootleg. Those those were open um, even against Richard Sherman. So um, he played in that game right against the Rams. Richard Sherman, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been healthy he? all season. Well, he, he had a couple games off, didn't he? Where he's injured. This year? Yeah, I thought he did. I mean, maybe. I'll have to double check. Okay. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so that's mainly the thing. There's definitely, you know, like any defense, there's going to be weaknesses. I think Stefanski is going to be cooking up some of his own plays as well um, and, and has a good game plan to face that type of defense. Um, but they're, they're really going to stick to, you know, what they know. You know, it's going to be less outside zone, the more inside zone. They're going to try to run the ball. You might see more movement from Cousins within the pocket in terms of getting them out of the pocket. So, you know, I don't want to see them in shotgun spread out having to throw the ball when you have like right. five linemen. That's going to be shit if they try that. So, oh, shit. But, yeah. Um, yeah but, they, oh, by the way, yeah. he didn't play week seven against Washington, but that's the only game he that missed. Okay. So, yeah, he definitely played against the Rams. And, yeah, so, like, um, it's just that nobody throws his way, so you don't yeah. notice he's there. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's that good at defending. Um, it'll be interesting to see Davis and Thielen match up against that defense. Um, that's arguably like the top wide receiver tandem in the league when they're both healthy, just at least the duo. Um, yeah, I, I, I do see Irv Smith getting more involved. I, I know I like for both teams. I see great, interesting matchups. Um, you know, to your point with Debo Samuel and Manuel Sanders, I do think they're good. I think they're less good if you get physical with them. I think they have that kind of weakness if they're getting physical, run off, run off their routes. Um, that's where we could find success against that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's that close. 
I think we're going to edge it out barely just to, so I think someone's, someone's making a big play towards the end. For, mainly for me, it's a coin flip. I just, I just want to go with my Vikes. Final score? Final score, I'm going to say. Huh? I'm going to say. Wait, what'd you say? I don't want to say the same score as you. 27-24 Niners. Okay, I was going to say that. I'm going to say 30-27 Vikings. No. 24-21 Vikings. Hmm. I don't think we can score 30 on them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to see this game. I hope it's at least close. Honestly, <laughs> that would suck to see a blowout in, like, a good matchup like this. But, um, yeah. It's, it's going to be a game of chess. It really is. You know, Zimmer's a great defensive-minded coach. Shanahan's a great offensive-minded coach. They Both matchups, there's some that are, like, going the Vikings way and there's something like going to the Niners way. There's different things both teams could do to exploit um, the other's offense or defense. It's 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 very interesting matchup, I think, because like also our offense are similar, but our defenses are different. Vikings usually like to run more quarters coverage while um, Niners like to a little bit run a bit a little bit more cover three match. Um yeah, I'm really curious to see what uh, Zimmer comes up with, though, for at least defensively, just to see how he plays that run game, how he plays those misdirection. It's very hard def- or offense to to uh, crack down. You're not going to be able to completely stop him, but if you can slow him down a bit and have some success, their main thing, they, they have to create turnovers, I think, to win. If they don't get any t- turnovers, I don't see them winning. They have to at least get a pick and to get interceptions. You have to pressure Jimmy G. He doesn't throw Jameis Winston's interceptions, but he does throw a little bit more. Mm. But uh, that would be a big key to turnovers. If you win the turnover battle. Right. That's I've been thinking yeah. about the whole time you've been talking. Mm-hmm. Is who's going to score yeah, the most turnovers. About that. Yeah. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo does have more picks than Cousins, but most of Jimmy Garoppolo's picks came in the first half of the season. After that game against Seattle, the first game. He's been game, playing a lot better. He that. threw, I think, two picks in the last eight games yeah. or something like that. Like Garoppolo is He's coming in into his own since that injury, really. That could have had a big impact on yeah. the ACL. I remember when people were like freaking out after his preseason game and I was like And he threw five picks in practice yeah, or and something I was like, like that. Relax, he's gonna be fine. And he did. <laughs> so I mean I, it's it's a fun game, dude. It's, good. it's gonna be crazy, it's dude. Gonna be nuts. Like I don't know. It's I have a feeling the Niners will win, but I, I still want to go with the Vikes. Yeah. I still want to go with them. And, I mean, you have every right to. I mean, like I said, it, for me it was a really tough decision to go with one or the other. Yeah. And I got to pick somebody. Yeah. yeah. And um, the big thing is, too, is that the Vikes are on the road. That's, been, that's a huge advantage for the 49ers yeah. playing at home. I think the, I, th- I think the crowd noise is going to be louder than people think. It's not. I don't think it can. I, could, I don't think anything could be as loud as the Superdome no, in New Orleans because it's so. indoors, it's especially. Dome. Yeah. But I it's mean, for, for an outdoor stadium, it it could rival Seattle potentially. That's a hot I think take. the Chiefs are louder than Seattle is. 
I mean, the Chiefs might be, but I'm saying the 49ers like, could rival could Seattle's crowd noise. That would be interesting. I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, nothing could beat the Chiefs' crowd noise. That, yeah, those that those fans nuts. are passionate. Yeah, and like, that's not even a dome when they get that. When, I went, when I, went to, I went to Kansas City a couple months ago, a few, mm-hmm. a few months ago with Danny, and uh, everywhere was Chiefs, Chiefs stuff, mm-hmm. Royal stuff. They love they Kansas love City sports. sports. They love their sports there. Kansas City Chiefs gear everywhere. Yeah. Everyone wearing Chiefs hats, Chiefs jerseys. Where everyone wearing Mahomes awesome, jerseys. They love Mahomes, dude. It's a very passionate fan base down there in Kansas City. Yeah, I love the Chiefs. Andy Reid, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's awesome. I mean, like you know, with the, the crowd noise, I do think at least, um, just looking at it from a Vikings perspective, we will have more fans than we did in New Orleans. It's hard to get tickets there, and it's a longer travel. Yeah, right. Um, Actually, it might not be that much longer. I mean, plane ride, maybe it's about the same. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think there might be just more Vikings fans in that area. I think there are more Vikings yeah. fans in California, especially this time of year because yeah. it's cold as shit. Yeah. People, people are going up to Cali. Yeah, I think more of in Minnesota people move to Cali rather than Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think there will be more Vikings fans than they were in New Orleans, but it's obviously going to be a home game for the night. It's not going to be like when we played LA when it was pretty much a. A Vikings home game on the road, like a lot of teams <laughs> have that against LA. It's because nobody cares about the Chargers, dude. No, no, like they should have stayed. I don't know, like and then the Rams, like Rams should have stayed in St. Louis. And, nah, that was a mess, dude. Yeah, the, and people worry about LA getting and, teams. And the Raiders should have moved to LA, not the Chargers. Yeah, the Raiders should have. That would everyone way more. Everyone sense. in LA loves the Raiders. Yeah. because they're just the cool team. You know, they're yeah. the edgy they're the Raiders. Team. Yeah. The Raiders. <laughs> Oakland fans out there, crazy shit. Yeah, now they're going to Vegas. Like, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of weird to me. They they should have stayed in California. I think the Chargers should have moved to Vegas. That would have been if way they, more. If that they would have made imagine those uh, those powder blues out there, dude. The baby blues out in Vegas. The powder blues in Vegas. Those are some dope looking jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves those jerseys because they're great. <laughs> they are the best uniforms yeah. in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. The Vikings. Um, do you know what the the Niners uniform? What are they wearing? Are they? Just, what's their home uniform? I think they're going with the red uh, red tops, gold bottoms, gold bottoms, not the white bottoms. Do no they have white they, bottoms. With the red? They they wouldn't go red white. No, they usually go red gold. From red what gold, from what okay. I remember, um, their ends their their field. They're trying to paint red for the end zones and for the. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that the whole fucking field is like the. Boise State shit. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, uh, but yeah, I mean, because the 49ers, I think normally what they do is they just paint the like their their letters and stuff, obviously in the end zones. But yeah, now they're painting they the whole the whole end zone is going to be painted red oh, with their okay. their letters and shit to kind of resemble their past playoff success. Ooh. Because when they when they first started painting the whole end zone red was in 1981 when they first when they won their first Super Bowl. Yeah, so they want to rekindle that magic, okay. if you will. So okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's going to matter at all yeah, in this game. It's just, <laughs> it's just a fun thing. It's just, a, yeah. it's just a nostalgic thing for the fans. Oh, yeah. You know, um, yeah, man. I, the, the Vikings are wearing the um, – fuck, I forgot now. No, no, they're wearing – I think they're wearing the – the purple on the, no no the red white jersey with the purple pants that's what it was so yeah the so it's gonna be the the normal away jerseys and the normal home jerseys probably I believe so. yeah I thought they might the Vikings almost went with the complete white but they said no 
<laughs> Somebody said no. We're going. <laughs> no, I don't remember never. the purple pants that much though. Yeah, in our away games, have we had? Yeah. Them? Oh yeah, well, yeah okay. I remember. Them. Yeah. Oh. So somebody made a more big deal about it. I was like, okay. No, that's. I guess I don't pay attention no, to jerseys the, that much. It's your standard road uniform. Okay. But overall, should be a great game. Should a be a lot good of great game. matchups. Um, very. Excited. I'm excited for these. Dude, games. I'm so. And now that we're talking about it, it gets, it gets closer and closer. I'm so excited. Football for this for all these games. We have some great matchups. Even in the AFC, we're more. Uh, we're more agreeable, and it's probably it's more likely for the top seeds to win those games. Right. Um, those are still going to be good games, I think. Oh, They're yeah. going to have some great games there. You know, especially the Texans and Chiefs. Texans could make it close. Um, the Titans, maybe. Dude, if they pulled an upset, holy that shit. That would be upset of that would the season. That would be dude. upset of the season. That would be nuts. Uh, Seattle and Green Bay should be close. Should be a great game out. I hope it's snowing out in Lambeau. I'd love snow snow games, especially in uh, playoff football. Um, but yeah, you know the Ravens, by the way, are are uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> their point spread is minus ten. Oh my god! I think the Vikings Niners is same seven. with the Chiefs. The Chiefs is ten. Yeah. Holy shit! And then the Niners Vikings is seven, seven. and then the Packers. Uh, Seahawks, that's four and a half okay. for Green Bay. Yeah, that's a wild card game. Wild card, bitches. <laughs> um, what was the Vikings and Saints? Was it like ten or something? Uh, it's minus nine or something like that. Yeah, people are definitely now giving the Vikings more chance than we did against the Saints, <laughs> which makes sense because that was well, just a good fucking yeah, game, dude. I won that game. I still can't believe that game happened. That was nuts. Dude, that was insane. I was. We were so excited after that game. Yeah, you came so over to my apartment. You were, were Luke, you guys assaulted me. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, hey. <laughs> like, let's go, dude. Uh, then we went to the wild game and they lost in the shootout. Yeah. Luke shouted at Calgary fans all game. Yeah, dude, he was chirping. And then uh, and then yeah, the next podcast, I think we'll talk more about the wild. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. get more into the, the wild and stuff. Um, and also... We're also going to give a toast now. We'd, we'd like to give toasts. Toast we, and, you know, we 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 want to start a couple new segments. Yes. Um, first, so, first is don't touch that it's hot. Now we're doing the toast. Toasting. What's your toast? Um, toast here is to the Minnesota Whitecaps, the women's hockey team, professional hockey team, uh, who's in based in here in Minnesota. Um, they're currently eight and four. Trying to make another playoff run like they did last year. Last year was their first year in this uh, the NWHL. They won the championship, the Isabel Cup, um, which is their Stanley Cup. Which is their Stanley Cup. So we won with our first year in the league. Hoping to get another one. We're second in the league right now. There are only five teams, but you know they're trying to grow. So we wanted to give them a shout out. They played great last year. No one really talked about it. So shout out to them. They're playing great this year. Hopefully they can win. They actually have some games this weekend against the Buffalo Buttes. Um, if you're in, in town here in the Twin Cities, it's at Tria Rink, um, which is where the wild practice is holds. It doesn't hold that many people, but, you know, 1,200, you know, it's, it's a fun, I'm sure, a fun atmosphere. I want to get down there soon. Tickets start at $18 for yeah. uh, standing seats, uh, 22 if you want to get a spot uh, to sit down. Yeah, and if you want to go center ice, it's about 37 um, So tickets are not that expensive at all. Yeah, it's not not, not, not expensive. Have a fun atmosphere. You get to watch hockey. You get to support uh, the Minnesota team. Hopefully, they can make another run at the Isabel Cup. You know, 
Yeah, yeah the women's sports Minnesota are uh, bringing home the championships, yeah. dude. The Lynx. The Gopher women's, the Lynx. We want to touch more with those guys, too. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're, like next episode, we're definitely going to dive in more in the wild and put the Twins as well because they just signed a lot of their uh, players back. Um, and got some tonight. free agents and yeah. are in talks with another Still. big free agent. <laughs> but we'll see if that We'll see happens. what happens there. Um, and obviously, we'll you know we'll do another one where we go over the divisional matchups, how they went down, and then we see who the conference championship games are. We get to have fun uh, predicting those and uh, analyzing those, too. We'll probably try to go deeper into those, um, try to do more uh, study on film and everything for those. All right. I think that does it, that uh, just about does it here, buddy. Longest one. That was our longest, longest podcast, podcast we've yeah. ever done, and that was no, I think that was well worth it. Yeah, it was. You know, we had a fun night. It was a long, it was a long one, but yeah. I'm, I'm not, uh, not, not complaining no, one bit. I'm ready time. to go the hell home and go to sleep. Yeah, it's about one thirty a.m. for listening. <laughs> it's it's one thirty-five in the morning. At least, at least it's Friday. Friday. At least it's Friday. We got to get up ready for the games tomorrow. Yep. First game is going to be Niners Vikings. No. They're at 3.30. Yeah, and then the second. Oh, that's right. There's not a noon one. Yep, and the second game is I'm Baltimore and Tennessee yeah. at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, okay. Or 7.15 Because then Sunday like they have the noon and then the 3 o'clock game, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you live in California, yeah. which there is 1 o'clock, but, or one thirty. Yeah, damn, those fuckers got to get up. Yeah, they got to get Sunday, early. Dude. Sunday, most Sunday games at 10? Ugh. Well, not most, but, like, their home games are always at 3 here, but 1 there. Their home games are at one there. Don't they be at ten o'clock? Are they two hours? Their home games, no, because they always play at three o'clock at home. They always play at three o'clock at home. Yeah. Oh. Well, here is three o'clock, but there it would be one o'clock there. Yeah. So they play at one o'clock, basically in their time zone, every home game. Really? Yeah. Any sort of like West Coast game, Seattle, for example. Yeah. Their games. At home are usually they usually start at, at in one. their time zone one o'clock. Okay, I thought that was Eastern time. I thought they're starting at one over there. If if you're say for example you're the New York Giants, you start at one o'clock there, which would be noon here, right? Yeah, yeah. But then West Coast is two hours behind us. Two, two hours behind us. <laughs> so it, so they start at one o'clock there. Which would mean that we're three o'clock here. Oh, I see what you mean now. Okay, so they don't start at the exact time that most teams start. Uh, no, you typically no. I didn't know if that. they're on the road. If they're on the road facing, you know, the uh, say for okay. example, they're playing the Vikings or yeah. something. Then they would then, uh, then they would start at I ten a.m. there on the okay. West Coast because yeah, they don't want to have to play at ten. Right. So they're they road. That's why they're on later in the day. Exactly. Okay, I see what you mean. I thought you were saying like when the game started here at noon, they started at one there, and I was like, No, I'm not seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late. We need to go to bed. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, have a good night to everyone. Watch some good football games, and see you later. All right, bud. That was a good one. Later. Love you. Before we go. Just wanted to say, since I don't believe we said it earlier, go Vikes, go Vikes. Cheer hard, Vikings fans, even if you're only at home, even if you're not at the game, cheer hard. If you're at the game, cheer your loudest. Go Vikes.
Hoping for a good game tomorrow. Hoping for the W. Have faith, people. See you later.